Rusty Quill presents. Welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. This is an actual play podcast intended for adults and may contain material that some people find disturbing. Please see the episode notes for content warnings and listen with care. If you found our show from Graham Patrick's guest writing on episode three of the Magnus Protocol, you might want to start with one of the campaigns he wrote on. Y'all of Cthulhu, our first ever season, is a complete horror campaign in the Old West. Next, we have Bleaker Trails, which is in the same setting. That has one complete season, and the final season is coming late in 2024. And if you're looking for something shorter and science fiction, we have a six-episode Blade Runner series. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you around. Our Discord is slade.me slash discord. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And now, let's head to the streets for local news. Everyone loves a scary story on Halloween weekend, and something's been haunting our slice of Delaware for a long time. Let's go back to 1986, when the Cold War was brewing and Cindy Lauper's true colors topped the charts. Over to you, Rachel. Do you remember the 80s? <laughs> yes, Hal, I do. But... Bon Jovi was more my style. Oh, good choice. Why don't you give us some of that bad medicine? Where are you tonight? Well, Hal, I'm currently standing outside the infamous 12 Ashwood Road. 
Steeped in local legend, this house is still referred to as the Old Barnaker Place, where they say a witch would lure children to be devoured. But I have good news for anyone who's been taking the long way around the property. The whole site has recently been renovated, and I've tracked down a local to tell us all about the origins of this spooktacular lore. Back in 1986, four middle schoolers took it on themselves to enter the Barnaker place on a dare one Halloween night. Excuse me, do I have that right? Wait, Hal, something is happening. Oh, Rachel, uh, is everything, uh, everything okay out there? R- Rachel? My fears live on and on I can't let go Digging myself inside a hole If I took my brain Spent my whole life to go insane I can't feel it anymore I'm killing myself cause there's no The three of you have set out into this blustery Halloween night, sneaking across damp lawns and into the potholed streets. Avoiding the few other trick-or-treaters at this hour, you meet up on the street corner and wait in silence for a moment before taking off on your bikes. Grinning pumpkins and dangling paper skeletons watch as you set out for the old Barnaker house. You find that gravel road through the dark woods trying to forget where it leads. You three are all part of the same club, and even have a treehouse as I understand it. <laughs> Remind me, what do you call your club? Yeah, what brought us together? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of like, if like friends of mine and I actually had names of crews like oh, this. Oh, I did. Oh. Oh my god. My cousins would die if they ever listened to it. We should be the Trouble Trio. <laughs> there we go. That's that's the one. Oh, yes. <laughs> we think it's sincere. Our parents say it super ironically. Oh, here comes the Trouble Trio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I love it. <laughs> okay. So the song is Trouble, Trouble, Make It Double, Make It Three, Easy As Can Be. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. Scott, I'm going to ask you to do the song so many times. Double <laughs> trouble, make it double, make it three, easy can be. Oh, shoot. And of course, Pauline is a prankster, so I think Trouble Trio is uh, oh, a yeah, perfect yeah. fit, and a bookworm, and a weirdo. So yeah, it, it fits. Hmm. Love it, Trouble Trio. To join the Trouble Trio, you've come up with an initiation. Kids have to give up a secret. Something that you would never once spoken aloud. Mm-hmm. It's sealed away inside an envelope that's slipped inside a box, which sports a large lock to keep your pledges safe. That is until Roger, the neighborhood bully, broke into your clubhouse and stole your pledges. He's always making life hell for other kids, and now your deepest secrets are gone. As the gravel flies up into your spokes, you grow anxious again, thinking about the note Roger left for your club. Dear dorks, keep your mouth shut next time. I borrowed your little box of secrets to teach you a lesson. 
If you want it back, meet me at the Barnaker house on Halloween after you babies finish trick-or-treating. Love, Roger. I'm going to murder him. (laughs) Roger tore up your clubhouse good, tossing around your game boards, breaking your stuff, and stamping your comics into the mud outside. He's an older boy who's been held back a couple of years, and he gets his kicks bullying smaller children, usually picking on one called Davy. <laughs> but this Halloween, it's your turn. You've all heard rumors at school about the Barnaker place, families going mad and murdering each other, a devil who whispers into your ear if you ride past. To come here fetching these secrets is a desperate act for the troubled trio, But what choice do you have? It is Halloween. What costumes did you wear tonight? Start with Kyle. I think he's wearing like a one of his mom's longish coats and it's he's tied it around the middle with like a belt because this is best approximation of like a swashbuckling person. And anyone who looks at him is like, are you supposed to be like a pirate or something? He's like, no, I'm Alan Breck Stewart from Kidnapped. <laughs> because Kyle is a bookworm, of course, he's chosen like the most obscure uh, reference that means a lot to him. Um, That's great. Nice. How about Pauline and Charles? Pauline is definitely dressed from her favorite movie, which is pretty in pink. She is wearing a, a big red wig. No, wait, no, she's ducky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, John Hughes is the greatest creative genius of our time. Fight me on it. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and Charles, well, Charles doesn't generally need that much of a Halloween costume. All his clothes are black anyway. And so he's wearing his usual black T-shirt and lightweight cotton jacket and black jeans and black sneakers. And the only thing that he's got that indicates that it's Halloween is a really cheap plastic skull mask that he's got actually sitting on top of his head at the moment. You ride slowly down the cracked sidewalk until you find a rusty mailbox which declares you have arrived at 12 Ashwood Road. This neighborhood is nothing like your own, and what buildings still stand are boarded up. The house squats behind a paint-blistered fence, which barely holds back the tangle of thorn thickets, obscuring the yard beyond. You're welcome to abandon your bikes here on the curb as fast raindrops begin to fall. It took me so long to get my hair like this. We should probably go inside. And uh, and at this moment, Kyle takes off a, a paper tricorner hat that he has made that is already turning <laughs> into a soggy mush on his head. He's like, oh, it's okay. You'll still be able to tell that I'm Alan Breck Stewart, right? Uh, yeah. I, I've never, I don't know who that is. Yeah, who, who else would you be? Your references are obscure. Just, just read up. I, there was a whole movie about it. You reckon... While we're here, once once we've got our pledge box back, would you two be up for doing a seance? Scott, why are you so weird? Well, oh, we, sorry, we... your name is Charles. <laughs> I, I like that you said Scott. That made me so happy. <laughs> why would we leave a haunted house just to ask ghosts to follow us home? 
but but we all have ghosts at home anyway. We do. Maybe they just don't intervene on the lives of the living, but if you think of the amount of people that have died over the course of history, then I guess it would strain reason to think that there wouldn't be ghosts freaking everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But but they don't intervene unless they're unless they're called upon or they have unfinished business. So um, if we're going seance, uh, I gotta say that I think I vote maybe no. Okay, I don't even think ghosts are real at all. That's that's okay, Pauline. You don't need to believe in ghosts. They they believe in you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Where would that dingus Roger put the box? Oh, somewhere deep inside. I, I if I were doing it, I'd. Either put it down in the cellar or up in the attic. Those are the two spookiest places, and he's he's trying to creep us out, so it's got to be one of those two. The question is, do you think Roger was brave enough to go to those places? I mean, I hear like 30 people died in this house. Yeah. Oh, maybe more by the time the night's over. It's easy to be brave when you're like three heads taller than everyone in your grade. Roger's like halfway to a Tom Selleck mustache. I can't believe he's like 13. <laughs> he has like so many hairs on his upper lip. Why does he even bother messing with us? He could do so many things with that mustache. He could get beers. He could <laughs> go to a, a strip club. Yeah, I mean, with the way he looks, he could pass for somebody ancient, like 30. Ew. Yeah, basically a trillion years old. Um, <laughs> do we just walk right in the front? I guess. And if Roger's just waiting in there to jump out and, and, and spookify us, I want to get it out of the way right away. If we think Roger's in there, maybe we, we could get the jump on him and scare him instead. Maybe... Yeah. That's a great idea. If we sneak in through a window, maybe he he wouldn't expect us to sneak in through a window. And then if we if we creep around inside and find out where he is, then we can we can pretend to be ghosts and scare him. Oh my gosh! If we could freak Roger when he's trying to freak us, that is classic trouble trio. <laughs> <laughs> I pull out my slingshot and I pick up a rock. <laughs> I, I, I withdraw a cardboard claymore sword from my belt. Um, <laughs> uh, for the glory of the Jacobite Rebellion as my, uh, as my sword melts under the rain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, so you're trouble, pushing through trouble. that. <laughs> I don't, I'm so mad I interrupted the song, please. <laughs> trouble, trouble, make, make it, it double. double. Make it make three. It three. <laughs> <laughs> Easy as can, can be. be. I sent you guys the lyrics months ago, handwritten <laughs> in your mailbox. I'm picturing Charles wearing that plastic skull mask, hoping nobody notices he's not singing along. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll keep a lookout, though. Uh, you never know. He might be lurking somewhere in the in the in the brambles out back. What if it's not just him? What if he's got some of the other big kids from school? That's too horrible of an idea to even consider. I don't know what I would do if they all saw my secret. Yeah, yeah. we, we need to check around the back and just make sure no one else is there. And if there isn't, then, uh, yeah, you, you give me a boost through one of the back windows. There's There's got to be one that's broken around there. And 
I, I can get inside then. Okay, Charles, let's, let's check it out. Right behind you. Yeah, and, and I'm right behind you. <laughs> you push open the squealing gate and enter the overgrown yard, picking through long tufts of grass and unkempt bushes. Ahead, the abandoned house waits for you. It might have been blue or green once, but now only strips of faded paint are left on its exposed, rotten planks. Nailed shut window shutters creak and protest in the growing wind, and the rain sets into a steady downpour. Heavy black clouds roll overhead, threatening to block out the already faint moonlight. Heading for the front porch, you circle around a stagnant pond, which starts to splash with the new offering of water. As we move past the pond, Charles just looks over towards it and says, I wonder how many people have drowned in that? And then just carries on. Uh, before you carry on, <laughs> Colleen does a little push on Charles's back. Oh, Not oh, to no. shove him in, but just take a little step forward. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Charles lets out the least dignified squeak you have ever heard. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> That's good. It's it's good for Charles that you specified you're you're not trying to push him in. I was so ready for the luck roll. <laughs> Let's get a notice stuff roll from Charles since you are taking a look at the pond and and pondering the drownings. <laughs> Some pond pondering. Okay, that is an extreme success. Ooh, okay. Good start. Yeah. Charles, as you take that step forward, you're looking right over the pond. Even though it is dark, something glints up at you as the rain punctures the patchworked layer of pond scum. With your extreme success, you see through the algae into the depths and make out hundreds of amber eyes hidden beneath. I, the rational part of Charles's mind knows that this is frogs or newts or something looking out mm -hmm. but the more imaginative morbid side of him is looking over at this and a big grin crosses his face you don't see him smile very often and he looks around at the other two and says it's watching us what is the thing in the pond don't be dumb Charles this is because I pranked you last week with that whoopee cushion in class look Look at all those eyes. Look, we're trying to freak Roger. We're never going to get anywhere if we start freaking each other. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, Kyle, take a look in the pond, too. <laughs> Just like, it's ridiculous anyway. <laughs> There's nothing in there. Give me a luck roll for Kyle. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> I succeeded. A regular success. With that, you edge toward the pond and a toad leaps out at you before hopping away. You stumble around, hoping you don't step on it in the dark, before it leaps back and makes a break for it. Huh. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely watching us all right. Uh, some sort of frog or toad. Uh, maybe it's a bunch of tadpoles. I, I just read up on the, uh, on the life cycle of these sort of critters. It's so cute, I'm gonna catch it. I'm gonna try and run <laughs> after this toad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm like, Pauline, focus! <laughs> and, um, we're never getting into the house, are we? No, no, no. <laughs> give me, give me a gym class roll for Pauline. Ooh, 
That's a fumble. Oh no. It's a 98 on 20. <laughs> Dashing after the slippery toad, you run past the pond and chase it around the side of the house. You hear a sickening pop, then slam into a figure. He pushes you back. It's Roger. No! And I was starting to think you wouldn't show asswipes. Who are you calling an asswipe, asswipe, chicken face? <laughs> hey, watch yourself, Pauline. And he flicks out his pocket knife. <laughs> she backs up. Is the rest of your dumb gang here? What was it, the dipshit duo? There are three of us. We cause problems. Come on, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. The turdy triplets. It's the trouble trio. Get right or pay the price. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, why don't you sing your little fucking song for me? Did you say the F word? Uh, it's not a song. It's it's more of a chant. But uh... Double, double, toil and trouble. <laughs> Come on, dorks. I'm not going to tell you because you're not in the club. If you were, you'd know that our ballot box is sacred. Yeah, and we'd also have to come up with a rhyme for quartet. <laughs> <laughs> quartet, quartet, for, for, forceps? Forceps. More, more yet. Um. <laughs> I'd never join your stupid little club. God. Hey, where's the weirdo? And yeah, Charles is peering around from the corner of the house. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you actually all came. <laughs> wow, I can't believe it. And here I was, thinking of how to spread your little secrets all over school on Monday. Haha, <laughs> can we have our box back now? Oh yeah, you can have your box back, Pauline. You just need to stay the night in there. <laughs> Where is it? And if you hunt hard enough, I'm sure you'll find what you're looking for. And I pull back the slingshot rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he gives you a playful shove, which rocks you onto your back foot. <laughs> Ow. Hey. I'm telling. <laughs> hey, did you bring your Halloween candy for me? I meant to put that in the note, but... Uh, no. We didn't get a chance to hit up any houses because we booked it over here. Well, that was dumb. All right, whatever. If you're going to make it out before dawn, you better get searching. I'll stick around and look out for you. Can't have you little babies hurting yourselves. Why are you being nice to us? He's not being nice. He's going to do bad things to us in there. Oh, come on, Chucky. Don't be such a pussy. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of anything in that house. <laughs> yeah, sure. I can see that, pussy. You go first, Roger, if you're not afraid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me a notice stuff roll for Pauline. Success. Yeah, Roger looks tense, and he's gripping onto the knife a little too hard. He's looking around like he's expecting something to happen as he talks to you. Hmm. Did you do any trick-or-treating, Roger? Yeah. Some kids had nice hauls this year. They decided it would be nice to share it with me. <laughs> He's such a jerk. I'm going to push past him and go right up to the front door. 
<laughs> oh, you want some milk duds? These things are fucking gross, like you. I don't know why you don't go trick-or-treating yourself. I mean, with a face like that, you don't even need a costume. Super <laughs> blazed him up. <laughs> Roger is going to try to shove Charles for that. Do you want to try to dodge him or fight back? I, well, I think just step back and let him overbalance a bit. All right, give me a roll. Uh, oh, yeah. Success. Hard success. As Roger lunges for you, you step out of his way, making him stumble against the porch fence. The wet wood breaks off in rotten chunks as he clambers to right himself. His hands come away slick with yellow-green slime from the fungus-riddled banister. God, what the fuck was that, Charles? I'm going to remember this one. That'll be ectoplasm from all the spirits in there. Ecto what? The, the material leavings of things that kind of crossed the threshold from the world of the dead to the world of the living. Mm, yeah. Now you're going to turn into one of them, Roger. <laughs> Shut up, Pauline! Everyone get inside. I won't ask again. <laughs> Roger steals himself and heads up the creaking porch steps, kicking at the shroud of dead leaves. He pushes past sickly shrubs to reach the peeling door. Come on. Shunting it with his shoulder, he forces the swollen door, which groans open onto a dilapidated hallway. As we go in, can I ask, because Kyle is a bookish sort, would he know anything about the uh, old uh, Barnaker place just from his... Uh, readings about town and quizzing of local librarians. <laughs> For this one, give me a spooky stuff roll. Love it. Oh, no. Oh, I'll spend luck. Two points of luck to, to bring myself down to a, a 60 and thus make it. Yeah. Knowing you were to come here, you spent a few hours at the library hunting for old newspaper headlines on microfiche. Now we're talking. <laughs> What you discovered was a family lived here as recently as the 60s, the Briggs family. A young couple that had a daughter who went missing. It tore the family apart, and the house has been abandoned ever since. Okay. Roger coughs as the smell of damp and mold spills out of the rotten place. <coughs> he grins and spreads his arms, filling the entryway. Please do come in. I've been expecting you. <laughs> Pauline ducks under his extended arm, making this gesture. And as she goes towards the center of the room, she's going to strike a match. <laughs> she's always got pockets full of matches. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle tries to walk in as bravely as he can as he can appear, popping the collar of his mom's coat as he walks in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that visual. Yeah, very good. And Charles ducks under Roger's arm and just smiles up at him and says, My brother's dead. <laughs> Spaz. And then walks inside. We know, Charles. Why do you always say that? Crossing the threshold, you are assaulted by the pungent smell of rat urine and mildew. The carpet is soddened and rank, squelching underfoot as you make your way inside. The wind whistles through the house, rain pelting against broken windows and shutter slats, 
leaking in and cascading down ruined walls. To your left is a reception ruin, its furniture mottled with mold. To your right, it looks like a dining room, where old pictures hang haphazardly against blistered wallpaper. Ahead, past ferns that have burst up through the decaying floor, there are stairs leading up. And beyond that, a door and a hollowed-out grandfather clock. I take off my tiny circular sunglasses for a closer look at the ferns. Sure, okay. The plants are thriving in the dark hall, and as you approach, you see a couple of rats scurry away from your matchlight. And Kyle will walk over to that gutted clock and kind of look at it. Okay, yeah. Sloshing through the waterlogged carpet, you notice the grandfather clock's front glass pane is tinged green and broken. The parts inside are a mangle of junk. Give me a luck roll for Kyle. Okay. Oh, I... (laughs) If I hadn't spent that luck, I would have succeeded. (laughs) Because it's currently 48, and I rolled a 49. (laughs) Peering inside the broken casing, you see what a sorry state the clock is in. The pendulum sits in a tangle of cogs clogged with filth. And suddenly it chimes and starts ticking. You hear an extremely high-pitched little exasperation come out of go like ah! as um he kind of like uh, jumps back. Oh, good. That sounds like a sanity check then. <laughs> <laughs> and so it begins. <laughs> Hard success. <laughs> oh, good. So yeah, you, you're not going to take a sand loss for this. Uh, maybe it's uh. The works of the clock are just a uh, sort of cosmetic. Must be, must be a new one where all this, all the, all the real cogs and gears are up in the, up under the face. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, Roger. <laughs> or, or maybe it's just haunted. I think that Pauline doesn't hear this as she's just looking in the path where she saw the rats go. The entry hall continues to a back door, which is boarded up. You do see a few coat hooks back there with moth-eaten rags hanging from them, and there's a pair of stiff, moldy boots. Maybe a nice home for a rat family. You could give me a bee sneaky roll since you're walking back there. I'd love to. Ooh, success. Ooh. You carefully step across this creaky floor, and you don't seem to be scaring off the rats. But they are squeezing between the floorboards into what must be a basement or crawl space. Roger, did you put it in the basement? When Pauline asks that, Roger looks up. He's at the front door and you've interrupted him. (laughs) While you've been examining the clock and watching the rats, Roger has pulled a heavy chain from his rucksack. He's wrapped the door handle and secured it with a padlock. I'm going to try and stop him from padlocking the chain. It's too late for that. The padlock is already in place, but you catch the glint of a key dropping into his pocket. He grins at you with a mocking sneer. Oh, it's not time to go home yet, Pauline. I'll tell you when it's time. I punch him as hard as I can. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. This is going to be a surprise attack for Pauline. Becca, give me a fighting roll. I could spend eight luck. (laughs) You could. (laughs) 
And I will. (laughs) Roger will take whatever damage you roll for the punch. Ooh, I got a six, so it's going to be a three. Yeah, you've really caught him off guard. Where did you punch him? Uh, right in the in the gut. Okay. Huh. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Well. Oh, that wasn't nice. Did you just lock us in here, butthead? You're lucky I don't hit girls. Yeah, yeah. It's a stupid excuse. Maybe you're just scared. I'm I'm backing away so he doesn't get a hit in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't round him up. He's, if he's not going to hit you, then just means he'll probably hit me. Very funny, Roger. The, the nice stuff here with the chain and the and the creepy clock poltergeist. What else you got up your sleeve? Clock polter what? Speak English, Kyle. Well, you obviously turned this on somehow. Oh my god. You are so fucking dumb. The night's not even started, Kyle, and you're already jumping at shadows. Come on, go find your stupid box. God, you're not making this fun for me, Pauline. Good. That's what you get for stealing secrets. No, that's what happens when you tattle on me like a baby, Pauline. You think I'm a bully now? (laughs) Wait until tonight's over. You'll be begging me to just take your lunch money. Sorry I told the t-shirts on you. You got me detention. And it's not even your money. It's your parents. Okay, but if they give it to me, that makes it mine. Oh, yeah? Then the box is mine because I have it. How about that? That's different. You weren't giving it. You took it. If I stole it from my parents, it wouldn't be mine. I don't need to argue ethics with you, Roger. Shut up, Pauline. (sighs) Where is Charles? Hmm? He's more fun to pick on. And at least I can punch him. Okay, come on, you guys. Roger pushes past Pauline and squelches down the hall looking for Charles. Yeah, Charles is definitely heading straight for the kitchen because that's probably where the stairs to the cellar are. Kyle, he'll he'll follow him off to the kitchen. Wait up, you guys. I'm going to go where they go. Okay, you all head for the kitchen near the back door across from the family room. The lingering reek of spoilt food turns your stomach as you explore. The place has been long ransacked by vermin. Chewed boxes litter the countertops, and cans have been pulled from the cupboards. Utensils, pots, and pans play host to a collection of spiderwebs and other insects. Mm -hmm. There's an unplugged refrigerator dominating the far corner. What waits inside might be best left a mystery. There are two doors... One to what's likely a pantry, and the other downward into the dark. The cellar Charles is looking for. And, yeah, Charles is going to ignore all the cupboards and pots and pans and stuff like that, because Roger wouldn't be obvious enough just to stick it in a cupboard or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's just going straight for what appears to be the cellar door. Charles, you crunch over broken plates and head toward the cellar door, which sits barely ajar. You pass a telephone with a gnawed cord. Pushing the door open further, all you can see down there is pitch black. Meanwhile, Roger is struggling with a Bic lighter to light a candle in the hall. Come on, you stupid thing. 
I brought a flashlight. I did too. But I prefer matches, so I strike another match. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, you can shine that flashlight from behind Charles if you'd like. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those, like, big canister flashlights. (laughs) Nice. You're going to see decrepit wooden steps heading down beneath a swirl of dust in the flashlight's beam. You guys reckon that this is where he put it? Uh... I looked to Roger. Did he follow us? Having achieved lighting his candle, Roger brings it into the kitchen behind you, frowning at your flashlights. Seeing Charles at the cellar stairs, he grins again. Oh, this'll be fun. Try not to wet yourself. I heard something big down there earlier. Roger's goading is punctuated by the howling wind, which causes the lashing rain to pummel the window shutters. That probably means that's where it is. Yeah, 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 he's trying to put us off, yeah. Yeah, must be. I'm sure none of the killings happened down there. You should be fine, Chucky. What are you talking about? The, 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 the Briggs family's daughter uh, disappeared or perished, uh, um, uh, but, but I don't believe it was ever proven that it was, in fact, a killing. <laughs> okay, who the hell is the Briggs family? Oh, um... When I got the tour of um, of the town historical society, I, I learned some of the some of the lore of our fair city, and um, it turns out this uh, this house was the site of a famed disappearance of the of the daughter of the Briggs family some years back. Um, God, you're such a nerd, Kyle. I'm just saying, maybe maybe the local local legends sort of inflated the reputation of this place. Um, you know, these things have a tendency to snowball, and uh, small suspicions uh, get get larger. <laughs> Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Roger gives you a little shove toward the basement door, so you're now up on Charles's back. All right. Let's let's go down. Yeah. Go on then, losers. The steps creak underfoot as you take those first few. And the stink of the kitchen is replaced by a damp, earthy mildew. Mm Mm-hmm. He's making his way down there gingerly because he's small for an 11-year-old, so the chances of him going through the stairs probably aren't great. But on the other hand, the wood is going to be rotten, so he's got to be careful. Mm -hmm. You tread over rat feces as you head down onto a flagstone and dirt floor. The walls are rough with mixed mortar and exposed brick. Your flashlight beam dances with disturbed dust and dirt so thick that the shadows seem to press in on it, dimming the illumination and tinging it yellow. There is a palpable sense of dread as you all file down the squealing stairs. I'm not scared, but I don't like it down here. Yeah. As the last of you steps through, the door above clicks shut breaking the heavy silence. Oh, great. Is Roger on the other side? (laughs) Have fun, dipshits! (laughs) What a butt face. Very funny, Roger! (laughs) Uh, Come on, maybe there's another way out. Left in the dark, you can make out scuttling, scratching, and moans of the creaking house as it weathers the storm above. Leaks run down the stained walls and pool on the floor. Charles being first down, you see Kyle's light play over the glinting broken glass of jars that line a dozen shelves. 
Their contents, preserves and jellies, drip with colorful mold which is caked and dried into the wood of the shelves. This must be a pantry of sorts. More ectoplasm. Yeah, is this more, you know, plasm from the great beyond? Looking around some more, you find a large door, and around the corner through a wooden arch seems to be a coal bunker. Do you suppose that when the Briggs family killed their daughter, that this is where they hid the body? I, I, I was thinking at first maybe, you know, they... they bricked her up in a wall or something down here, but all those jars, I mean, maybe they just cut her up into little pieces and, and preserved her in those jars. You, you think if we clean some of them off, we might see her eyeballs in them? Charles, I'm not saying this isn't one of your best qualities, but you are super strange. <laughs> Look, <laughs> Charles going to Charles. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, it could be that um that the, that the daughter is uh, in pieces and preserved or walled up, but uh, we gotta keep our eyes on the prize right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know more about her. I want to know what her name was. I wonder if there's any creepy dolls in the bedroom or anything. Or maybe she scratched her name on the lintel of a door. I'm going to look around the shelves with the jams and see if there's anything else interesting that we didn't notice at first glance. I'm going to look for her stuff. You don't see anything that you would associate with children, toys or anything like that. But give me a luck roll for Pauline as you're searching the shelves. No luck. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. Curiosity gets the better of Pauline. And you start to push jars aside to look deeper into the shelves, trying to see if anything interesting lurks at the back. All you find are the glinting eyes of a terrified rat that you've cornered. It springs forward and tries to latch onto your searching fingers. I'll need a dodge roll. Here goes nothing. That is a fail. The rat bites deep for one D3. Oh, no. Okay, it's just one. Pauline is in shock, but shakes the rat loose. It hits the wall and slinks off, disappearing under the shelves. Did you get a rabies shot? Did you get a rabies shot? I don't know. Do you know? It's not rabies. You got to worry about with the rats. It's it, it, it's 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 vials disease. Vials disease. That's the one that gets you. It shuts your kidneys down, and you you die real slow and real bad. You'd be lucky if you got rabies. Uh, I don't know why you know that. <laughs> is this a suck the poison out scenario? Or is that just snakes? Suck the poison out, Kyle. Suck it out. <laughs> uh, but would, uh, would I be just sucking the poison out, or am I just sucking straight vials disease? <laughs> Oh, God. I don't know. Look, if I'm going out, you're coming out with me. I already said we shouldn't do a Blood Brothers thing because of hygiene issues. Uh, this is <laughs> this is too rich for my blood. I gotta get out of here. Oh, oh, fine, I'll do it myself. And Pauline starts sucking on their wound and then spitting. For Pauline, the blood is oozing. And sucking on it really only cleans it up a little. But it stings something fierce. If I die... I want you to give all my baseball cards to a fire. Burn them. I don't want anyone to have them. Give them to a fire. You got it. 
I want the flames to take them. <laughs> We're going to do this Viking style. We will consume your various treasures. <laughs> oh, I love that. Saving maybe only one in a place of place of prominence in the spokes of my bike. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. And uh, Kyle will whip his light around towards that room behind the stairs. The coal cellar fills that room, and there's a layer of black dust on everything within. Piles of coal and molding sacks must have sat undisturbed for a long time down here. Above the largest pile of coal at the back of the room is a small chute, leading up to a shut door which presumably leads outside. I hesitate to bring it up, you guys, but if we are looking for a means of escape, if Roger is a true butthead and will not let us out, we could shimmy up that chute. Yeah, we we need to find the pledge box first, but yeah, if we find it, we we sneak out the chute then and we leave him here with Theo locked into the house with all the ghosts and he'll think we're still here and he'll wait and oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay, but if my flat brim hat gets dust all over it, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> dust, dust, dust. Yeah, if he's been down here and he's been hiding stuff, there's dust all over the place. There's coal dust. You, you think uh, he, he's got to have left footprints or marks or something like that. Right. Do, do you see anything? I'm going to shine the light at the floor to see if any of the coal room has been recently tracked through. Hmm. I like that. I'll take a notice stuff roll from Kyle with a bonus die. Okay. Uh, with the bonus, I rolled a 10 under 40. A hard success. What you find as you sweep the light slowly across the floor is a large scuffed bare footprint. It's big enough to be Roger's, but you aren't sure. B-E-A-R or B-A-R-E? <laughs> B-A-R-E. Why would he have taken his shoes off down here? Uh, with all the rats squirreling around down here, I don't see who would have ever wanted to come down here with bare feet. Yeah. Do rats squirrel? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Does the squirrel as a verb apply to all critters? <laughs> would a squirrel be able to rat around? <laughs> Not just horses can horse around, so I horse around all the time. My mom's always busting my chops about it. That's Valian's true laugh. <laughs> and you hear banging on the basement door from the kitchen. <laughs> Shut up, Roger! We've had enough of your crap! But what if that isn't Roger's footprint? Yeah. Can you follow it? Is it is the bear or the human tracks leading somewhere? And now it's a bear. <laughs> You're only picking up partial prints in the coal room leading back to the shelves. The floor in the pantry is dusty, but you don't see footprints other than your own. Okay. I did it look fresh? Uh. Not necessarily fresh if the room's been undisturbed, but you gather these probably aren't from the 1960s. Mm. Was it coming from the coal chute or from a different part? The footprints are in the coal room, but you don't find any evidence that they originated at the chute. Okay. And does the chute look like it's wide enough for each of us to crawl up it should we need to? You probably can. It's going to be a tight squeeze, Pauline. Maybe if you lose the overcoat, you can shimmy through. No way. I'm not giving up this coat. Do you know how hard <laughs> this was to find? 
I'll find some other way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was the room behind the stairs. Was there another door off the pantry? There is a large wooden door. <sighs> we have to try it, right? Yeah. Pauline's going to strike another match, even though she has a flashlight in her pocket still. <laughs> the flame flickers and dies. The draft in here is making it hard to keep them alive. Do you guys see this? She does another one. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the ghost of the Briggs girl doesn't like the light. And as you mutter that, Charles, Kyle's flashlight dims to a sickly yellow. Huh? Uh, told you. I pull out my flashlight and flip it on. Yeah, but the beam is dim. You thought it had fresh batteries. I smack it on the side. Come on. Just got this thing. It flickers every time you smack the flashlight, but the beam isn't strengthening. Okay. I take a deep breath and I turn the knob up the big wooden door. Okay. It is locked. Dang it. You see a rather large keyhole beneath the knob, and you think through the gap between the door and the frame, you see a bolt on the other side. I don't think Roger could have hidden the pledge box in there, though, if it's bolted from the inside. Well, I guess not unless there's another way out. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe he put it in there, and if there's another way out, he got out through there afterwards. Yeah. Maybe if we find a, a hatchet or something and, and break through the door. Yeah. Do we see a hatchet as we look around this storeroom? All that can be found down here are the abandoned pantry goods and rotting coal sacks. Okay. Not much of use for opening doors, unfortunately. Let me see if I can get a look. Kai will take off his glasses and uh, <laughs> press his eye to the, to the keyhole. Taking off your glasses almost makes me want to give you a penalty die. But Pauline did turn on her flashlight to give you more light as you peer into the keyhole. I'll need a notice stuff roll for Kyle. A success. A regular oh. success. As you squint at the darkness, you spot more shelves in the next room, lined with more jars. When Pauline's light beam hits them, you could swear you see eyeballs pickled in a brackish brine. There is a lot of dust, and Charles's spooky comments might be playing with your mind. But just for a second, you know you saw them. Guys? What do you see? I'll need a sanity roll before you respond to the others. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Failure. <laughs> Alright, so that's a total sanity loss of two. Okay. Uh, guys, not to, uh, not to totally sound like Charles right now, but it's watching us. Uh, what, what, what's, what's watching us? There's, uh, there's, uh, preserves in there. There's jams and jellies with a name like Smuckers. It has to be good. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, there's a jar of, it's, uh, it's, no, 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 no. And you're seeing him kind of walk back and forth. No, 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 no. <laughs> it just looked like. I think it broke Kyle. I'm not broken. I'm not broken. And the jar definitely isn't broken. But there's a jar in there with, the, it just looked like, looked like, emphasis on looked, and like, uh, eyes looking at me. Eyes. It is Halloween. It could be grapes. My mom did that once. 
We gotta get into that room. Are you trying to get eyeballs, Charles? <laughs> I just want to see. I just want to see. We'll get our pledge box back one way or another, but if if it turns out the Bruce girl was murdered and there are bits of her in there, we'll be heroes for solving the, you know, one of the town's big mysteries after all these years. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Do they look like little girl eyeballs, Kyle? Well, that's the thing. I think your eyes don't grow. I think little <laughs> girl eyeballs are the same size as like, like old man eyeballs. Eyeballs is eyeballs. Gross. I, I want to get in there. I don't want to get in there, but I do want to get in there just to prove to myself that they are not the eyes that I think I saw. <laughs> yeah. But we can't open the door until we find something to break it down with. I'm going to go look upstairs. And I'm going to walk up the stairs and try to open this door. Okay. The door does squeal open on tired hinges. Hmm. The only sounds from the kitchen are the slashing rain pummeling the roof and shutters. Roger, you better not try and jump out at me. As you say that, the grandfather clock in the hall gongs, telling you it's ten o'clock now. The house creaks and moans as you move into the kitchen. You aren't sure where Roger's gone, but you might think some of the house creaks are him moving around. Perhaps upstairs. Roger? I walk out into the kitchen. There, There's no door to the outside in this kitchen? No, there was a back door in the main hall, but it was boarded up. Okay. I'm going to find an axe or something, you guys, and I'm going to walk towards the back door and see if there's anything leaning against the wall near it or if I can get that back door open. It was just the coat hooks. You'd need something heavy-duty to open this back door. Darn it. Locked. Kyle, like with the mental map of the house now kind of in his head, wants to see if he can go over the area where that locked room was and see if there is something like a like a ladder or another stairwell or a, or a hatch or something. Or maybe even a chimney. Yeah, yeah. A vent. You saw a chimney outside. There is certainly one in the parlor or the dining room, the rooms you spotted near the front door. Okay. I think I'll just go in there and begin shining the flashlight around, searching around. These old places are known to have all kinds of uh, secret passages. Yeah. And uh, what was Charles doing? Were you staying in the basement or coming up? <laughs> Charles is staying in the basement, and it sounds like the others have taken the light sources, so he's down there in the dark. Oh, no. He's basically there up against the door, listening to it, mm. and, 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 and just just saying, if you, if you are there, I mean, if, if they locked you in here, if you're still here, you can talk to me. What a creepy child. <laughs> <laughs> Love him. I love him. From behind, you almost feel a breath on your neck as someone whispers, Charles. That feels like a sand roll. <laughs> yes, go for it. Ooh, Ooh, just a success. It must have been the draft or Pauline upstairs in the hall. Surely just an overactive imagination. Well, but even if it wasn't, I mean, Charles, Charles was trying to speak to whatever was was down here, so... That's fair. <laughs> Good. 
Yeah. I think, I mean, even without the sand loss, he is scared shitless. I, he's there, trembling in the darkness. I mean, if anyone could see him, his eyes would be absolutely wide. And he's just looking around in the direction, in the darkness from where that voice came from. And he just says, uh, I'm, I'm right here. Who, who are you? Did, did your parents leave you down here? Well, it's nothing now. Just silence interrupted by scratching in the walls. I hope that's rats. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Charles will, will listen quietly for a few minutes when the, the voice doesn't come again. It just says, it's all right, there's, there's no hurry. Talk to me when you're ready. <laughs> so patient. <laughs> Sensitive lad. Your only answer is the storm outside assaulting the hatch over the coal chute. Okay, and when it becomes obvious that nothing is going to answer, he'll head upstairs and try join the, the hunt to find another way down into this room. Heading back to the parlor, you find it across from the dining room. Entering, you're welcomed with the reek of mold. The furniture is tinged green and the upholstery is burst. Stuffing strewn over the carpet, no doubt by industrious nesting rats. On the south wall, the ashes of a small fire made from a broken chair remains in the hearth. Wreathing the fireplace, many paintings adorn the gaudy wallpaper. A bent poker leans against the brick. Love what you've done with the place, Roger. Uh, I'm just kind of looking, looking. Um, mm-hmm. I want to look at those paintings. These paintings are old regal portraits. The most striking of them is a youthful woman in Victorian garb. Her face is framed by long black hair, and she seems to be almost smiling at you, Kyle, as she looks down. Arrested by this gaze as I'm looking at those eyes and imagining them suspended in a jar. You appreciate the finer arts, Kyle, and the provocative painting shows a sliver of thigh. Unusual for the time period, maybe. There's like, even in the midst of all this horror, it's like uh, stirring something kind of like just this inchoate, like, what what a rendering. And um, (laughs) Kyle, maybe look at the, maybe at the back. Is there any writing? Is there a signature? Is there like a little plaque with a legend or anything on it? Hmm. Working your fingers around the frame, you peel it from the wallpaper and hear the crust of grime break and tear as it's pulled away, like a scab from an ugly wound. A chunk of wall comes off with the painting, exposing the wall cavity behind. It is crawling with centipedes, maggots, and beetles. Ew! I I let the painting go and, and like, like reel, reel backwards. Like, ew, 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 ew! Now you know what's behind there. You can't shake the sounds of their writhing. Oh. Can I get another sanity roll for Kyle? Oh, yeah. Gross. Oh, no, another failure. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's see. It's another D3 <laughs> for a total of three sanity points. That's 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 five points so far. <laughs> 
Pauline's a big fan of broken glass, and she's going to go over <laughs> to the mirror. Mm-hmm. Maybe see if there's a, a real big shard that she could pick up. Keep as a weapon. I'll need a notice stuff roll as Pauline looks for the biggest shard. Failure. You search by your matchlight as the howling wind whistles through, and drips of water from the wet, sagging ceiling plink off the shards. You find what you think is a good one. Trying to pick up the wet mirror with your uncut left hand, it slips, cutting deep into your palm. Ow! Hmm. Dang it. I drop it. (laughs) Just as the shard shatters on the floorboards, there is a peal of lightning. And you glimpse a gleeful hag with yellowed eyes in the reflection, grinning at you from over your shoulder. (gasps) I spin around to see if there's anyone behind me. There's no one there, but you think you catch the scent of your grandmother's perfume. Meemaw? Meemaw, are you here? I'll take a sanity check for that one, of course. Yeah, Meemaw died. That's a failure. Okay, it's just going to be one point of sand loss from a d4. And both of the boys will hear the glass as it shatters. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. Someone's in the room. Someone's in the room, you guys. There's um, an older lady. There's no old lady here, Pauline. She was looking over me. She looked just like my Mima. You're probably just confused because there's a lot of movement in the walls because they're, they're, they're roiling and boiling with bugs and insects. Oh. I don't think I want to stay in here all night. I take steps closer to Kyle, and I imagine we're kind of like going towards the center of the room. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just almost like back-to-back, like like moving in. Charles <laughs> is just looking around the room wide-eyed, saying, what did you see her? She was in the mirror. She was right behind me. I don't know what she wanted. I really, really think that we should have a seance. There, there are spirits in this house, and... They want to talk to us, don't they? And and we should hear what they've got to say. Maybe, maybe if if we can talk to them, they can tell us where Roger hid the box. So you don't think they're going to want to make us one of them? I think if they want to hurt us, they're going to do that even without the seance. I mean, from everything I've read—ghosts, poltergeists, spirits usually stay in a place because they've got unfinished business. Mm. If we could help them complete their business, then uh, yeah, we do them a solid, they do us a solid, and show us for the boxes. I guess that makes sense. And it's like I said, if there, if there were murders in this house and we can find out the truth and find the bodies and so on, they'll, they'll write books about us. I don't read books, but maybe <laughs> if they make it into a movie someday... Oh, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. John Hughes movie. <laughs> if John Hughes chose to direct the biopic of our life, <laughs> if that's even a possibility, I'm in. Oh, sweet. Then you'd be played by Molly Ringwald, and, and Charles, you'd be played by number one cool guy, Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that sounds cool and all, but can we get Toby Hooper to direct it instead? Uh. While the three of you discuss your new fame, you're interrupted by a heavy thump from upstairs, quickly followed by a second. 
Then thunder from the raging storm outside drowns out what is perhaps a third. Maybe that was Roger moving the box. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay, so you said the two best places to hide something would be the cellar or the attic, right, Charles? Yeah, yeah. What's first, seance or check the attic? How about both? How about we go up to the attic and have the seance there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this room is giving me the creeps, so I'd be happy to leave it. Well, the only other thing is, is seeing whether we could find some way down from here into that locked room. Uh, there's a crawl space under the floor, isn't there? Do you suppose maybe we could pull some of the boards up and go down through that? I mean, maybe, but uh, I just saw what was in the walls, and it ain't pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's, let's go talk to the ghosts instead. Huh. Yeah, much better. Much better. <laughs> I'll need a notice stuff roll for all of you. That's a failure for Pauline. Yeah, and a failure for Kyle. We're in the same place. <laughs> okay. Uh, success for Charles, though. Yeah. And Charles, glancing around as you leave, taking it all in, you see among the ash of a recent fire in the hearth that there's something solid underneath the debris. Mm. Oh. Oh, Charles will kneel down while he's talking about the spirits upstairs and so on and just start digging through the ash to see what this is. Wiping away the ash, you discover your pledge box. <gasps> we did it. Huh. That was too easy. Uh, is the lock still on it? The lock hangs broken. Oh, no. I'll open this up quickly. Uh, okay. Are, the, are, are our secrets still in there? You raise the lid. The smell of death makes you wrinkle your nose as you find inside the desiccated remains of a raccoon. Oh. With Charles, I almost hate to ask for a sanity roll, <laughs> but I feel like it's justified. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's, it's a shock. Yeah, but I've passed the sand rolls, so I think Charles just stands there and looking into the box. So he doesn't flinch or look away. Yeah. And, and just turns it upside down and drops the dead raccoon on the ground and says, Ugh. I don't know what happened to our secrets. I, I don't think, I don't think that ate them. No. The raccoon hits the ground wetly, and a sprawl of squirming maggots are thrown out. More. Ugh. There is a note left in the bottom of the box, in Roger's handwriting. Dear stupid kids, I hid your secrets all separately. Come on. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody. For ad-free episodes, lots of bonus content, and special programming, please join our Wolfpack at patreon.com slash Slade, or subscribe to Ain't Slade Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits, and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers. Thank you, and good luck out there. <laughs>